are listening to Chugga Talk with Ryan Murphy, a podcast by Pull Across Made Simple. Welcome to the first ever Outsider episode. It's an experiment where my good friend Mark Checkett will be interviewing me. He's a childhood friend of mine from Pennsylvania, definitely not a pull across player, nor an equestrian. He's the co-host of a podcast, Modern Dadhood, a show about the joys, challenges, and general insanity of being a dad in this moment. He's my podcast Yoda, who inspired me to do my own. So welcome, Mark. Thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me, dude. I really appreciate it. It's a lot of fun so far. We've had a good time so far in the intro. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about your podcast. I will. Well, thank you. Um, First of all, we like to call it an ongoing conversation about the joys and challenges and general insanity of being a dad in this moment. Um, It's hosted by me and a very good friend of mine named Adam Flaherty. Um, He's the co-host as well. And uh, neither of us are experts in dad stuff. Get that right out in front. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to lead your listeners astray. Uh, we just love talking about the experiences of having kids, um, and so we started. We started the show. It's an interview thing, a lot, a lot like yours. You you interview guests. We interview guests as well, and we have some recurring segments and some fun stuff like that. Um, very recently, we released an episode where we interviewed Chris Ballou, who you might know as the lead singer from the band Presidents of the United States of America. He also is a he also has a kid's um, sort of like an, a persona called Casper Baby Pants, and he, he produces kids' music, and it's awesome. You'll, uh, you'll, you'll get there one day when you have kids. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Can you give me like one line of one of his songs just so people know if, they're, if they were alive in the 90s? Of, of a president's song? Yeah. Okay. How about um, she's lump, she's lump, she's lump, she's in my, my head. head. She's lump. Okay, good one. Okay. How about, how about bull weevil? Why don't you get out of your home? <laughs> that? that that's spot on. And who? Going? No, you had an actor, a very famous actor. People would probably know. I think it's called Lost. There's a show. We did. That's right. We did. We we interviewed Terry O'Quinn from Lost. Who, if you were a Lost fan, you'll recognize him as um, John Locke, the character John Locke. He was pretty integral in the show. He was fantastic. He's act was he was actually our first grandfather that we interviewed on the show. Fun mm. fact. Um, but yeah, yeah, you can uh, you can check out all about it on on the internet at moderndadhood.com, um, and where you'll also find some silly videos of me and Adam doing That's some all. silly things. Yeah. So yeah, I appreciate Mark for getting me into podcasting. He really did inspire me. And ever since January, ever since he started the podcast, I uh, I was prepping to start by April, and um, I just had so much fun doing it. But um, yeah, Mark is he's a cool guy. So I just thought I'd try this experiment and have him interview me, uh, being an outsider. And if this works, maybe we I reel some other people in to do the same thing. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe you bring some other non-equestrians in. Equestrian, that means you can use both hands, right? Equestrian means you're, you can use both hands to write? Well, they have, um, they do have writing for the disabled. So, th- does that make you feel uncomfortable? <laughs> Did you see it on the face? <laughs> yeah, um, 
I'm not going to try to bully you by naming, uh, like saying words that you might not understand, but you can ask me anything. I intend to. I have a whole, you have no idea. I've been preparing for quite some time. I've got a whole like, <laughs> list of questions. Um, in your studio? All, in your studio? In my in my home studio. Okay, awesome. And as long as you don't show anybody the video part of this, <laughs> people will think that's true. All right, continue. Sorry. Um, so, so. For the benefit of your listeners, uh, you and I go back a ways. I think somewhere around, I don't know, ninth, 10th grade? Is it earlier than that? It's fe- it feels like I've known you forever, but I think it's actually been since like ninth or 10th Wouldn't grade. it be 7th? Because that's when we started going to the same school. Yeah, maybe it was. Yeah, maybe it yeah. was 7th. We were from a very small town, and they put 7th through 12th grade in the same school. It was terrifying <laughs> for 7th graders. Terrible. Um, yeah, yeah, way but back. I think it's, yeah. It's yeah, and it's fair to say we know a lot about each other, right? Like we right. know each other's families. We were in chorus together. I'm dropping some yeah. cuts there, right? Yeah. We've been on long car rides together. <laughs> this is the criteria that makes <laughs> this is the criteria that makes a, a, a long term friendship. Um, but here's here's the thing. I know virtually nothing about polo cross. You mentioned it in the in, in the intro, but I don't I just don't know anything about it. Um, I I wanna say that one time a long time ago in high school, you had some VHS tapes of maybe some matches, games. I don't even know what they're called. Huh. Is it a game or is it a match? What's what a VHS tape? Uh, it's called a chukka. That's that's the period of time. Um, you know, chukka talks the name of my podcast, and they are called games. At called a, games. And you go to what's called a tournament. That word I've heard before. Yep. But yeah, that was actually yeah. that was actually my first question because. Your podcast is called Chuck a Talk, and I only st- understood one of those words. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for descri- thank you for explaining what Chucka means. So it's a period of time; like the, the, the games are broken up. Yeah, it comes so, from the word Chucker in polo. So there are some things derived from the the sport of polo, the 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 royalty uh, sport that you might have seen cologne ads for or. Clothing. I sense a little. I'm sensing a little disdain. Is there a little disdain towards the polo community, in the from the polo cross community? No, they're just different. They are just a totally different animal. They're fine. It's different just animal yet played on the same. Animal, <laughs> if I'm exactly. Right. Yes. Although there is elephant polo, but I don't think there's elephant polo cross. So that would be crazy. That would just be crazy. Um, okay, I have, I have more questions about these are basic questions. So your listeners are probably going to be like, get this guy out of here. Okay, <laughs> but stick with me. Okay. Um, okay, it's a, a the chukka. It's a game that's broken up into periods of time. The, the, the periods are called chukkas. How many chukkas are in a game? So, okay, we're going to have to go back um, oh. because there are six man teams okay. cut into two sections. So, in a game, there's six chukkas. Section one goes on for six minutes. And while they're taking a rest, chuck, section two comes on. And they alternate for six chukkas. So, and one section... Section one and section two are different they're on They're on the same team, different players. And then... And so, they alternate and they play three chukkas each game. So I know it's confusing. If if the numbers are smaller in a in a place where there's not as many players, it'll just be a sectional, meaning there will not be six players. It will just be 
three players for a team. But traditionally, it's six players. Okay. And are there are there positions? Do each does each player have his or her own position? Like, is there like a is there a shortstop? Is there a wide receiver? <laughs> well, it's actually very difficult to figure out our positions. Uh, we use numbers. So number one. You lost me already. Number one, number two, number three. The number one is the goal scorer. So they're the only one. So the the field is split up. It has end zones. So the number one player is allowed in the middle, but the team's goal is to get it to the number one into the goal scoring area. So they're only allowed in their offensive end zone and midfield. Get the ball to the one, the one throws it through the posts. The number two is only allowed in midfield. They can't score or anything. They can't go in the end zone. The number three is only allowed in midfield in their defensive end zone. Does I take that make it all sense? these I take it all these zones are mapped out. Oh yeah. So like there's lines all over the place. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. So everyone has their position. Everyone's allowed in midfield, but there can only be two two players allowed in the end zones when there's a goal attempting to be scored. Hmm. Interesting. What do you play? You just it's just highest score wins by the end of the, the, the time. You just add them all up. Yep. All right. Um <clears throat> Are there are there rules around what kind of horse you can use? Like, could I show up on a Shetland pony and be like, "Coach, throw me in the game"? Yes, as long as the Shetland pony is not a stallion, because you could see there could be a challenge there, right? If there's a stallion, um, the horse has to have two working eyes. That's a safety issue. That's a that's one of the rules. The horse has to have two working eyes. Yeah. All right. No, yep. Yeah. No, that's. Sure. Yeah. Good question, nice. though. I, I'm never. I, I don't really think of these things often, but that's a yeah. good question. Yeah. So, yeah, you can play on whatever you'd like. It just has to be sound. It has to, which means it can't be injured. It has to have sure. working legs and everything. And if it, if it's not fit enough, it might get thrown out of the game. You know. If, yeah. Like it, I'm sure it like behooves you to have a, a, a strong, you know, sport worthy horse. Yeah. That was yeah. a pun, by the way. Did you catch that? <laughs> Behooves you. Oh, dang! See, it's I, I, here. I'll, we'll edit I'll, that. I'll explain it. I'll explain it why. Because <laughs> see, the the feet on a horse are called hooves. That's why they're not hoofs. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I think but they're. You're hooves. kidding me. You're you're kidding me. I could I could play on a Shetland pony. Like I could I could go to a. I could just be like, I'm here to play. I'm on my Shetland pony. Yeah, and I wouldn't that, do well, would I? Well, see, what typically happens is the smaller pony is—it's obviously it's a visual thing. So if there's a big horse against a small pony, the small pony looks like it's being uh, there's something dangerous happening to it because it's like the victim. So you might have an advantage because that small pony—it'll look like you're being fouled more often. So this just just turned into a a, a battle of wits suddenly. It right, it became very mental in that in that description there. Right, and so I mean, there's something to be said to being close to the ground. It's hard to reach your racket to swing at you if you're lower. If someone's on a taller horse, we call I call them personally a little ankle biters, like someone that's just Sounds low. Slightly short. derogatory. Yeah, I mean, do you yell that out? Yeah. To mess with the heads of your opponents. Yeah, 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 yeah. You little ankle biting, bleep bleep bleep. bleep. And then the horse looks at you like, mm, don't talk to me like that. 
I'm a Shetland pony. <laughs> I'll have you know. I combed my hair for this match. <laughs> um, what about like, what about left-handers versus right-handers? Is that a problem? Okay, so uh, as far as I'm talking the- about the horse, by the way. Oh, I'm just kidding. I you, that's horses can't be left-handed or right-handed. Well, they they, they have their um, they do have their preferences. They are better at one than the other, hmm. and that's why you have to work them bilaterally. You have to work them evenly so that they get good at whatever they're not natural at. But that makes sense. But in the sport of polo, you're only allowed to ha- play right-handed. It must be a safety issue because you're swinging a mallet, and it's just that's that's the sport of polo. But in the sport of polo cross. It's actually an advantage to be a left-hander because if I'm next to you, you're right-handed, I'm left-handed, our rackets are right next to each other. Mm-hmm. But if I was right-handed, you couldn't reach across my horse to swing at my racket. You would have to come around to the other side, reach across your horse, and hit my racket. So with left-handers, I've had an advantage my whole life as a left-hander because people usually sometimes will go on the wrong side because they're used to playing against right-handers. So they go to that right side and they, I'm a big fish in a little pond and then it helps that I'm a left-hander. So that's an advantage. So yeah, they do let left-handers play. So you're going around yelling out like ankle biter to people, but they're looking at you and they're saying, get out of here, lefty. Yeah. Get out of here, you weirdo. Yeah. And luckily, I mean... No one's ever called me like a cheating left-handed bastard, but but if they did, what would you do? I mean, I mean, I'd have. Is it is it like is there like a moment where it's like hockey where you guys get off your horses and start fighting each other? Okay, so let's talk about that. That's uh, this is great. Um, Don't tell me there's fighting in this sport. No, no, definitely no. not. It's like gladiator fighting, but in a gentleman way when you're actually playing the sport fairly, because you're you know you're clashing horse to horse and you can't stick your elbow out. But this is what does happen. Um, if someone swings at you with their racket, now they're only allowed to eat, swing up. They can't go flat or down. They can't like chop at you like a like an axe. Sure. Yeah. And if they hit you in the face or the helmet, it's an automatic. It's Ten f- points. No, it's one one point. It's a free goal. So For the uh, opposing. So if I hit you in the head, you get a point. Yeah, I get a point. Oh. But oh. but this is what happens. See, I I'm smart. Um, and this well. We can debate that later. Um, I mean, I was in honor society last year of school. So. Never heard of it. <laughs> um, so I wear a face mask, okay, because I got to protect this mug. You know what I mean? I just got you're, married. I you're mean, a good-looking guy. Maybe not anymore, but. You got to protect what you got, man. So some people don't wear face masks, and they accidentally, usually it's accidental, someone's swinging at their racket, they miss, they hit him in the face. Mm-hmm. Well, your natural inclination is to puff up and be like, you know, you just attacked me. And they, they, they chest to chest, I mean, mm. doesn't matter the gender, they get upset and then they, mm. most people control that anger and they don't, you know, they don't jump off their horse and go into, into is a, it, is a it boxing. Is it kind of frowned upon to like get, to, to like yell at each other and get each other's faces or? Yeah. And yeah. the umpire should, you know, take control pretty quickly. They can even throw you off the field. They can do a lot of things yeah. to, uh, to protect the players and all that, but since you just brought it up, is an does the umpire is the umpire also on a horse? Yes. 
Oh, so they're not just like running around constantly out of breath trying to keep up. Like right. It's not like me in ninth grade playing soccer. Um, because like if I was a midfielder, I was going to have to run the whole field the whole time. It's just too much running. That would have sucked. I was a little chubby boy. And the whole purpose of me playing soccer was for exercise. And they're like, run, Murphy, run. So I liked, I prefer defense because you, you run, 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 and then you get to watch them play. So my point is, is yes, they're on horses. There's no fitness component. It would greatly reduce our umpiring pool. Uh, we have a hard enough time finding people that are wanting to umpire anyways because, you know, there's not a lot of glory in it. You've done that, right? You've um, you've umped games before, right? Yeah, I've even been the chief umpire for the whole association. Um, get right out of town. What does that mean? Did you get a special chair? Do you have a special outfit? What is it? What comes with that? Do you get no. driven around by, like, other horses? No, it's usually, like, the short straw. Um it's not something that people necessarily enjoy doing. But see, a lot of our players are expected to umpire. They're put on the umpire list. Oh, okay. um, so everyone's sort of, which helps the sport because if, they, if we only had a couple umpires, uh, you know, if, if they were, if they weren't playing, it's different. But if they are playing, they can't be unfair to one team and then they have to go play and then they're being umpired against. So right. it kind of keeps things, you know, straight. It probably helps. It probably helps. I mean, you get a different perspective, I'm sure, being an umpire. So it probably helps you almost have like a more round, round, well-rounded, like holistic view of the sport in general. Right. A lot of people, a lot of players take advantage of umpires because they, some umpires aren't, they're, they're not as strict. Some people might use that umpiring skill to find ways to cheat. But in one of my books called Champion, I actually wrote a, a chapter called Don't Cheat. Instead, focus on playing well because if you're you're thinking defensively if you're cheating all the time so i i digress that's, that, that's just that's just sound advice for life man yeah tell um how does that relate to your soccer day i mean i'm we're talking about my sport but how does that relate to sports that you've played well i've played very few sports um even though i mean like even though i have the, the physique <laughs> of like a very a seasoned athlete a um, jockey actually you'd be surprised <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, no, I mean, you know, I, I don't really follow any sports. No, right, but so. you played soccer. I did play soccer, yeah. Yeah, I played I played a couple of, of positions in soccer. Um, I even dabbled being a goalie. I was not good at that. Um, I played midfield uh, a bunch. I didn't really like the running either, and I, I liked the game when I was younger, but then as I got older... I just, I don't know. I turned into one of those really bratty kids that was like, I don't, I'm going to smoke instead. You know? <laughs> and that's just like, just soccer ruins my smoking. You know? So just, I made bad decisions. <laughs> don't make bad decisions, kids. Um, <clears throat> hey, so like two or three minutes ago, you mentioned gender. Um, so polar cross is played by both men and women. Right. Right. And they play, do they play against one another? Um or is there, a, is there like a men's league and like a women's league or something? So let me first say this because I came out of a woman. So I, pr I love women and I appreciate them. How did them. you know? Were you there? Um, so women, okay, so men, you can think about men being, um, they play more physical game or something like that. But women just tend to play this finesse game. They're, they're better riders. They get the horse to the ball instead of having to reach as far to catch the ball. So, um, but in our sport, 
in the U.S., because we don't have as an, as many players, men play against women. So you um, said in the U.S. In the U.S. Okay. and other countries as well, but um, traditionally, men will play men and women, women will play women. But there's something called a mixed division, which happens at the World Cup, where half one section is men and one section is women. So your your women go out and then your men play the second chukka and then alternate and adding up the scores. A lot of our women do have to play against men, but some of them prefer to play just against women. Interesting. But we don't have that luxury without having the numbers. Uh, has it has it always has it always been like that? Has it always been like a mixed gender sport from the very beginning? Yes, and they're actually just as many women or more playing the sport as men. That's so kind of unique a, in the, in the sports world, right? Because most sports, it's like it's kept very separate. Right. Yeah. I would say like t- tennis, maybe you know, there's like mixed doubles and things like that, right? Right. Um, but even I mean, like golf is separate. Like everything's separate. Right. Yeah. And that's interesting because the horse is really the main focus in our sport. And mm. if you come out there and you have a great horse that gets you to the ball that uh, out maneuvers other horses, you're gonna you're gonna kick butt. You don't necessarily have to be this big, bulky, physical thing. Mm. It actually helps to be flexible and it helps to be finesse type player. So there's a little hope. There's a little hope for me <laughs> in this sport. Finesse is that the first word that you describe yourself as? Yeah, finesse and um, yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So okay, one of the things I feel like I've I've sort of gathered over the years, just having known you, is that there seems to be like a quite a camaraderie among the circle of players, even like across the globe. I feel like you you talk about and talk to uh, and associate with people from like all over the globe. Um, is that a fair assumption? Yes. Yep. So is like, is there something particular about the sport in your mind that kind of, cause I feel like that, that polar, it, that sort of differentiates polo cross a little bit, like that culture aspect of it from right. other sports. Um, so what is, what is it about the sport that, that, that sort of. That creates that culture. That is a that is a really good question. Actually, that's phenomenal that you thought of that. Um, the the word that comes to me is family. the The sport was originated in Australia. Basically, someone would work the ra- work their horse on the ranch during the week in the outback of Australia, and then on the weekend they would go camping with their family and play polo cross. So the father. The, the family could be on the same team. They could be in separate divisions, but there's just games going on all weekend. Your horse is in a pen right next to your campsite. So it's uh, it's a big family camping adventure. Now take that concept and let's say you're invited to another country. They will give you a horse to play. They will give you shelter. That family will take you in. Uh, they will feed you. They will show you a good time. Uh, we have players that have spent a year in another country. Like, just imagine that opportunity. So that's that worldwide family of the sport. So mm-hmm. it's like a reciprocation. So if I go visit you, for example, in 1999, we had some Australian friends come over, and we had like the best summer. The Pry- Brett and Richard Pryor, Damian Wall, and and um, and Damien's wife, they came over and we had the best time. They played on my team. We were in Texas, Colorado, New Mexico. Tremendous. That next summer, 
my friends Robbie, Heather, and I, Robbie and Heather from Texas, we went to Australia and they hosted us. There's sort of all, always this open invitation when you know someone to be able to yeah. do that. And even if you don't, there are families willing to take someone at any time. Um, just, because, just because of the association with the sport. Right. So you can, you know, maybe to, in exchange for helping them exercise their horses or just helping out a little bit, you can spend some time in another country. That's pretty wild, man. So I was kind of had as as an outsider. I kind of always thought that maybe polo, maybe this is because I associate it with, with polo, which is probably something that annoys polo cross players. But I always thought there was kind of a class. See, how do I phrase it? It, it seemed like it was a, an ups an upper class type of sport. I, maybe because like horses are involved, and I don't own a horse, and it, to me it sounds expensive. I don't know. <laughs> But but it sounds like from the way you're describing it that that's not that's really not the case. I mean, if you're talking about, you know, people who are they own working ranches or they own working farms, you know, and they're 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 people who work, you know, but they right. also are associated with the sport because of the world that they live in because of the work that they do. Right. But there there's a financial side to it, because um, I will say that polo cross is a more affordable horse sport than mo most out there. Um, it, if you think there's other sports like polo where you have to have six to eight horses, grooms, yada, yada. Hmm. Polo cross, you're still feeding horses, which is not cheap. And uh, you're having to spend the time to exercise them and all that. Um, and some people might be able to afford a ready-made top horse. Other people have to buy that horse right off the racetrack at a much bigger discount, you know, five to a thousand dollars, and turn it into a top horse, which is just a whole different route. And some players might be able to afford the nicer horse trailer. Some players might be able to afford to travel more, take time off of work, and so those can be advantages. But there is there is sort of an opportunity if you can at least afford to feed your own horse and you have some commitment to be able to train it that you can compete with those people. Yeah. Yeah. So there isn't a, yeah, but I would say for the most part, it's upper middle class, just hardworking blue collar people that, um, that just share the passion. Okay. So I want to know more now about you in particular. I feel like I've learned a lot about the sport. I feel like, I feel like I'm a seasoned veteran now in the sport. You I are. Everything. You are. I know. I even know what a chucka is now. You um, could be my groom. Oh, that would be fun. That sounds like a good time. I'd love to do that someday. Um, what do I, I do? Comb your hair before a, uh, before a match? <laughs> so side, before a chucka? So on, on those lines, um, I invited uh, Greg Holtzman to England one time. Oh, really? And, and not only did he play the piano. Okay, so we were, we were at this place called the Midlands in the UK. And he actually played the piano in their house, and it, they piped it out to the megaphone on the polo cross field. But at that, same, awesome. at that same tournament, the horse I was riding bit him. <laughs> It was That's uh, not a good sign. It was Simon Shearing's horse, and he got really mad about that. So there is some danger with grooming. I don't know if you're. I don't know if you. You know, it's. Uh, I I no longer it, want to be in groom. Okay, don't. Okay, all right. I don't want to get bitten by a horse. Continue. No, I wanted you to give give me the like thirty second history of your involvement with the sport. Like, take me back to when, like, the moment you you I don't know learned about or or knew that you were going to play the sport. Okay. How old so, were you? I was nine. 
I, my sister and I were at a pony club meeting in Grantville, Pennsylvania. Oh, shout out to Grant, all the listeners in Grantville. How you doing, Grantville? <laughs> There's probably one or two. Okay, um, no, I'll rephrase that. Shout out to all the listener in Grantville. <laughs> so pony club is where you learn how to take care of horses. There's a whole um, education with books and applying things and learning. So that was a part of that organization, my sister and I. And every year, every four years, they have a big event called Festival, which is where certain sports are, they're being competed sort of like the Olympics, but then they have demo sports. And polo cross was a demo sport in I believe 1990. And the leader of my pony club brought rackets home. So I remember in Grantville, at whatever that building was that we were at, some municipal building, my sister and I were in the parking lot in the dark throwing the polo cross ball around. And that was it. I just started, and I, we already had horses, so I just started throwing the ball against the door in my house, just annoying the heck out. You remember that door at the bottom of the stairs? I was yeah. just banging it on there, and I and I, I probably wouldn't be riding horses if it wasn't for polo cross because I didn't really, really enjoy the other the other sports they just were kind of boring to me that's interesting so yeah so that's how it all began and then it wasn't like your your parents didn't play the sport well early on my father so my father started to play if you could if you could picture that (laughs) when you started to play yep yeah so he played and it kept me in the sport you know he it was phenomenal. I would really abuse him. I'd throw the ball at his head when he, he'd be riding down the field and he'd turn to look back and I'd just peg him. One time he was lining the field and I threw the ball and hit him in the ear and he pretended to be deaf, you know, deaf because of it. Um, uh-huh. So I abused him, but that kept me going, you know, the, uh, the parental abuse. And that was right next to the Penn National that we actually practiced right there. There's a field, field oh, right really? next to the racetrack. Yeah. Well, shout out to all the listeners at Penn National. <laughs> Is it still Oh, there? yeah. Oh, okay, good. Oh. Um, all right, so how about this? What is something that people who know you in the world of polo cross would be surprised to find out about you? Hmm. So not polo cross related? Yeah, not polo cross. Well, it could be if you wanted to be. Hmm. If you wanted to be. Have you ever been uh, injured? Let's see. Hmm. In the sport? I've had carpal tunnel uh, surgery. I don't think people know that on my I actually did it on my right hand first because I was involved with polo for a couple of years. Uh, eventually might need it on my left hand. So that's that's a thing. Now, was that was that due to playing the sport? Like your problem with carpal tunnel? Was it, it due to the sport? It could have contributed, but I'd say maybe it was just hmm. being on a computer or something like that. Um, here's a question. Are you good? Um, so that is a OK. So. Because I've been playing for so long, this would be like year 30 since I started. Wow. Um, I took a six-year break, so technically 24 years, but I've been playing 24 years. Because I've had opportunities to travel, be on three World Cup teams, um, that has given me a lot of exposure and ultimately tougher competition to play against. But yes, in the United States, I had hit sort of the... I've hit a plateau where I was one of the top players in the country. Um, since I've taken a break, though, uh, in the last six, seven years, other players have come up and are probably better than me right now. Uh, but I'm still, I would still be maybe a top, top five, top six player in the country right now, even with that break. But 
Hmm. If I go to, to another country, I would not be a top considered a top player. I would be a decent player. I could hold my own. But um, you know, th- back to soccer. Think you think about all the competition in this country, all the the number of players, how hard it would be to make right. the U.S. team, and we just don't have the competition here. So to to get better, you have to go play players in other countries. In this in this country, if you want to be get better uh, in the world, obviously you have to play better players that are out there. Uh, in in Australia, for example, though. They get tough competition every weekend. You know, it's it's close to them. Um, they they get a lot of tournaments in a year, so all that adds up to just better players that are have just been forged into those better players. So, yeah, so that's my answer. So I'm a big fish in a little pond here. Uh, I've been a, I've been in three World Cups, but I still have a lot. I still could get better. If that makes sense, I could get a lot. I could get better. Yeah. Yep. Is age, you know, in a, in a lot of sports, um, you know, age is a factor, right? You know, there's there tends to be a lot of superstars. You know, baseball, for example, by the time you hit thirty or mid thirties, you're like you're on your way out, right? A couple guys get to like forty, um, and then they, you know, they, I don't, they go to a different league or they they get out of the sport altogether, right? But like, it doesn't seem to be a factor really in in polo cross. No, that's yeah. right. So since the horse is such an important part of the game, that that changes that. If if it was just purely athletic, personal athleticism, like basketball, yeah. um, your joints would wear down quicker and all that. Um, the only thing that can keep someone from polo cross is if their back gives in, gives out, or you know they have knee problems and things like that. Those. How, how long? How long does a horse? How long does a horse usually, like, last as a as a polo cross horse? So, <clears throat> I've played on a twenty five year old polo horse before, but that's not the norm. I would say from age five to roughly fifteen is sort of the prime years for a polo cross horse. Hmm. I have zero reference for that. Like zero reference point for that. Like how how long does a horse live? Uh thirty years. 25, 30 years. Yep. I'd be dead if I were a horse. <laughs> sad. That's a sad realization. Yeah. Well, we have plenty of places to bury you out here in the farm. That's what we do. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Just just send me to a farm upstate, man. That sounds great. Okay. <clears throat> we're going to change uh, we're going to change topic a little bit. We're going to change pace a little bit. You ready for yep. this? I'm going to name other sports and you're going to tell me if those sports would be better. If they were played on a horse. Okay. Okay. And keep in mind, there are right and wrong answers. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So the first sport is basketball. Would it be better or worse if that sport was played on horses? It would be better. There's actually something called horseball where pe- people are. F- oh, thank you. People are flying around on horses, throwing the ball into nets. It's a thing. Really? Is that horse really Yeah. Look it up. Is it related to polo cross or no? No, it's, it's just, just a the thing. thing that, all right. Ooh, all right. I'm sweating right, here. Next. Hold on. Ugh. Yeah, these are, these are. look, I told you I've been working on these questions all week. Ping pong. No. Correct. <laughs> Curling. Mm, no. I, I sure? okay. I did a demo of Madison Square Garden name dropping. You know, that's where they, it's kind of a, oh, I'm kind of a big deal. But my horse accidentally ended up on the ice, which they cover up with, with, stuff boards and then they put dirt for the horse riding show i was at my horse ended up on the ice and it did not go very well 
So I will say no to curling. Well, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. The answer is is yes. Um, you, I think you just had a crap horse that day. <laughs> sorry. Um, okay, last. Um, another sport. Do you tell me if this would be better or worse if played on a horse? Competitive ballroom dancing. Mm. This is an easy one. Is that compared to like non-competitive ballroom dancing? I mean, is it a support? Is it a sport if, if it's not okay. competitive? I w- I'm gonna have to say no. Ballroom dancing is all about, you know, connecting with your partner, and there's a lot of sex. Yeah. You don't think? I'm sorry. You don't. You don't think horses need that connection too? <laughs> I'm sorry. You're wrong. The answer. The answer is yes. All right. Well, have fun okay. with that. That's enough of that section. <laughs> okay. Now I'm gonna put you on the spot. Uh-oh. Are you ready for a, a a quick polo cross history quiz? Oh no. Now. Keep in mind, I researched these questions only today. All right. So, so I'm certainly not an authority, but I, I think I have the questions and the answers correct. There will be time this. for so, redactions and editing. So, okay. Yeah. And you know, for all the listeners at home right now, you please feel free to play along. Maybe, do you have an email address? People can write in their, 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 their answers or their... Or their <laughs> frustrations with my participation in this. Yeah, Ryan at polocrossmadesimple.com. Feedback. Feedback's there welcome. All right. Write in and give your feedback and let let Murph know that you never... That are these multiple know. choice or true or false? Cause, or, or are these uh, open-ended? These Ooh, are, there's one, I have one true and false. I have one that's sort of a multiple choice, and the others are just open. All right. Okay? Go ahead. When was Polocross invented? Give me the year. 1937. Maybe, you know, here's the thing. Maybe you know better than me, but I found 1938. Ooh. Okay. Let me say why I think that. Okay. Because State your the case. founders of the sport were in England, Marjorie Hurst, in 1937. Yeah, you just pre-answered my second question. Why would you? Okay. Well, I know. that. Okay. Those are closely connected. That's why I think. I think they were in England where they invented it, where they the idea came about. Maybe that was 1938. So okay, I'm wrong. No, you're. But I think here's the thing. I think I think you might be right because from what I read, they were they were on some kind of vacation or some kind of trip from, I believe, Sydney, Australia. They were in England where they learned about. They had read some magazine and, and seen some kind of demonstration. They took that back to Australia and subsequently. I guess invented the sport, sort of worked on the rules and, yep. and pra- pra- practiced and and made adjustments here and there. In a sense, so maybe 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 the trip was in 1937. It takes a long time to the, get the, from Australia to England back then. Yeah, especially in the 30s, man. <laughs> I think they I think they had to, you know they couldn't just hop like 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 a the Concorde or whatever. It's <laughs> not even a plane anymore. All right. Well, my next question. You ruined my next question. I was going to see if you could tell me who was credited with inventing it. What yeah. Were the names? I know Marjorie, Her- Marjorie Hurst, but her husband, Mr. Hurst. Oh, I'm going to need his first name. I'm sorry. Uh, Ed- Ed- and, and, Edward? Ah, oh, damn it. Nice work. Ooh, nice. That's it. Good job. Edward and Marjorie Hurst of Sydney, Australia. Okay. Shout out to them. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, Edward and Marjorie, if you're listening, <laughs> you made it onto the show. And, and you're, you're probably 110. Congratulations. Wow. Good work. You look great, folks. Um... So, 
can you tell me where was the first ever recorded polo cross demonstration? You get half a point if you can tell me the, the city name, and you get a thousand points if you can tell me the name of the the actual area. Re- video recorded game? No, 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 no. The first ever oh. recorded, not not like video recorded, but like like notation, like documented recorded polo cross demonstration i'll give you a hint it happened in 19 was it a feather pen were they writing i, w- I wasn't i wasn't there. okay um i actually don't know this answer would it could it be the sydney royals show in sydney or no you have the city correct Ooh. it happened in sydney okay and what's you have you 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 have listeners of this show that are that are probably yeah. in sydney yeah right you think they're yelling out the answer right now? Fed income, they are. Do you think they're? Do you, I don't know what that means. Do you think? Do you think they're? You're just yelling at their, their iPhone right now. They're like, <laughs> "It's this, you idiot." Um, probably. So Sydney, and you're saying where in Sydney? Uh oh. Mm-hmm. It's. It was. You give me the name. Is a, it a racetrack? It's, it's. It's the blank sports ground near Sydney. The blank. You fill in the blank. The blank sports mm. ground. You got me. I lost. Ingleburn. Ingleburn. Oh. That, do you recognize no. that name? Oh. Hmm. You acted as if you recognized that no. name. No. I'm going to get so much flack for not knowing that answer. Yeah. No, it's true. You might even lose some listeners. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. True or false? Polo Cross is so named because in an early iteration of the rules... One player from each team was allowed to kill an opposing player with a crossbow. False. We're civilized, Incorrect. just like polo. Which of these is not a polo cross term? Okay. There are four. You're going to tell me which one's not a polo cross term. Is it A, stick side, B, giving wood, C, the D. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> or D... Johnson Rod. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, hey, hey, hey. Look, it's your sport, okay? I want to say Johnson Rod, but it sounds so similar to those other things. <laughs> Doesn't it? Huh. Would you like to hear the answer? Yes, again? please. Which of these is not a polo cross term? A, stick side. B, giving wood. C, the D or D Johnson Rock. I know some Johnsons that play the sport, but it's not definitely Johnson Rod is the wrong answer. Shit. Shout out to it. my Johnson family friends out there that are listening to the podcast. <laughs> Good job, man. You did it. That was great. You really, you nailed, you really nailed almost all of them. I'm going to give you most of the the Engelburn sports one because you got you got the city. When you, right. when you say nailed, are you alluding to that last question? Are you are you continuing no. this subtle? No. Okay. All right. No. Okay. I'm not. Okay. It's not, hey, it's not like I'm giving you wood, huh? <laughs> oh. Is that how you use that term? I don't know how you use any of the terms. Yeah. Um. This one. This one time. Mm-hmm. Um. I was not in the game, but I was I was field side, and this horse just started sitting like a dog, which is very weird, because when you see a horse, the when you horse, see a horse just a horse sitting like a dog, a dog, right? 
and we're like, oh my God, what happened? Did it break his legs? Someone swung at someone else and their racket got caught under the tail. So the horse is like, what's this under my tail? started sitting down and people are yelling get the racket get the racket so there's your visualization for giving wood now i'm not i'm not an expert in horse anatomy but under the tail you're you're talking about the you're talking about the horse's bum yes part part is that yeah. a true is that yeah, a true story that's a true story that happens that's, how is the horse today uh, i'm not sure i think the horse is still do you think they still play the sport i don't know um they don't like I bet he gets teased by the They don't the like to horses. talk about it. I bet not. Um, let's see. We've been talking for some time. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. So uh, I have one more question. You you co- you coached as well. A you? lot of coaching, yeah. You did a lot of coaching. Um, what, ad- what advice would you give to a, like a young player, a new player, uh, who's just getting acquainted for this, with the sport for the first time? What's a, what's a piece of advice you would give this person? <sighs> Ooh. I would say that you should you should commit 100% and put the time in. Um, you know, you can you can do a lot of things on your own uh, to get ready as a beginner. Meaning you can be throwing the ball around, picking it up off your horse, doing those things. And then uh, on top of that, you're going to want to really make sure that you uh, focus on your horse and making them fit and getting them used to things that's like at the ultimate beginner level i'd say you know commit control what you can control and you'll quickly move up so like familiarity familiarity with the sport yep yeah conditioning your your horse for the game yeah muscle memory just doing things repetitively you know that really speeds up your growth in the sport my advice would be keep your racket away <laughs> From your horse's undertail area. <laughs> well, man, look, this has been a ton of fun. I don't, I don't have any more questions for you. Okay. Was there something that you had hoped I would have asked as an as an outsider? No. Interviewing, interviewing you. No, this has been awesome. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I feel like you're someone that has a lot of talents, and we could do a whole episode on you. Oh, I got you singing in the beginning, and I don't think people realize this, but Mark started musicals in high school. He was in the choir. See, he said I was in the co- in the choir, but they don't kick you out of choir if you can't sing. Once you hit puberty, as long as you're a good kid, uh-huh. you can use that as a resume builder for going to college. So I stayed in, but I didn't start musicals like you did. You're selling yourself short, man, because you played... You played some very good background characters. I was a tree in the play that one time. Yeah, and there, you know, and without <laughs> you, we would have not. We would have had no trees. Okay. Um, no, but you're you no, know, you're super talented with music and drinking beers and um, yes, and I, am. I don't think people realize you're only forty five minutes away from me. We we grew up in Pennsylvania. Now we live in New Hampshire, not too far from each other. What a wonderful coincidence! What 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 fantastic happens yes you know that we would end up in the same part of the country shout out states away from shout out to those in epping listening to the podcast center of the universe baby home of the three governors (laughs) we live in the live free or die state and i call it the live free and die because if you're not wearing a helmet and you get into a motorcycle accident you're gonna have a bad time (laughs) yeah 
Awesome. So I have one more shout out. You've got to check out Mark's podcast, Modern Dadhood. It's a ton of fun. There's a lot of dads in polo cross because without dads, there wouldn't be kids playing polo cross and there would not be a lot of things. So check out Modern Dadhood. It's everywhere you can find podcasts. Mark's a hoot, as you can tell, and you'll get a lot more of that on, on his pod. I appreciate that. Yes, thank you. We'd love to have you, listener. <laughs> Um, all right, so that's it for the outsider, the first ever outsider episode of Chucka Talk with Mark Checkett. I think it went well. It did. It did. We could probably use a couple yeah. minutes of it. Yeah, I think. We could probably get at least three, maybe four <laughs> big ones. Three, maybe four big minutes. All right, we'll get back to it. Um, have a good night. Say hi to Jamie and the kids for me. I will. I will catch you. Say hello to your horse gunner for me. <laughs> I will. See, I knew the horse. I knew Good the horse's job. name. Good job. Yeah, Gunner and Aurora. Good one. Yeah, your right? kids even know their names, kind of. They do yeah. a little bit. We're gonna come up there and visit again soon. As soon as this damned quarantine is over. It's not over where you're at. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yeah, it didn't make it to Epping yet. <laughs> we're still under. We're still locked down, man. But you have fun. Forty-five minutes north. All right. All right. So. Uh, Thanks a lot. Have a good night. Here on Chucka Talk, we'd appreciate your feedback. Have you enjoyed the show? Do you have questions or comments? Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. For a chance to be featured on the show, leave me a voicemail by finding the Send Voicemail Sidebar button on PoloCrossMadeSimple.com. For more PoloCross coaching, go to PoloCrossMadeSimple.com. You'll find ebooks on how to become a great player and even on how to become a great coach. Find me on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a good one. Thanks.